And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and hopefully we have made some more adjustments this week. Hopefully we will not have a bunch of popping. Uh, we, we had a really bad episode two episodes ago. Fixed some of it last episode, not all of it. Hopefully we got it all fixed today. I am joined, as usual, by my fellow editors, and today we're going to start on the viewer's right. Hey, this is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. And on the left. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond, sports editor with the Livingston Parish News. And we're going to kick it off today. Uh, I guess you can say kick it off. I, I hate it when we talk sports and you talk, you know, do you, are you using the right gotcha. colloquialism? I'm not sure. But today we're going to kick it off with National Signing Day. That was the big story on Wednesday. I know both of you, I believe, popped around to several different schools uh, a lot of schools doing these big group signings now, uh, which is interesting. It's a good chance for these athletes to celebrate all together. Uh, so, Rob, why don't, you, why don't you get us into that? It was, uh, for, for, I think, first time uh, that Walker and Live Oak had done those group signings. Denim usually always does it. Uh, so that was uh, – I, I made my way to uh, – over to Walker and then over to Live Oak. Uh, Walker had, uh, for girls soccer, Anna Grace Hardison went to Bellhaven. Uh, Faith Walton signed with Nickel State. Um, in softball, Laney Bailey to Southeastern. Uh, Maddie Burgoyne uh, to LSUA. Elena DeGrapont to Tennessee State. I believe they had nine. So it's <laughs> given Hammonds to Northwest Florida. Uh, Ryan Shecksnyder to McNeese. Uh, in baseball, Chance Reed to Hendricks College and Caleb Webb, uh, who is the MVP of the uh, All Parish team, to Panola College. Um, and I'm I'm working on these stories. I try to get a little bit from each one of these athletes uh, and keep paying attention. They'll eventually get there. It's just a matter of me catching up to them because there's a lot more of them than there are of me. So <laughs> sure, and That's this just, year, I mean, every year, you know, especially with uh, with with. You know, D1 AA and, and D2 schools and that kind of thing really getting bigger and bigger into recruitment. Right. We right. have a lot more signees now than we have in the past, which is great. Yes, it's, that, great it's fantastic. Kids. It's fantastic. And, and it, just to be able to uh, – and I told them when I, when I did the interviews, it's like, look, it's not a whole lot, but it's just enough to let people know where you're going and what you're doing, kind of how you got here uh, to this point because it, everybody goes through different processes to get there. Um, so that's what I was trying to get. Um Live Oak had uh, seven. Uh, Gracie Bailey for softball going to LSU E. Uh, Reed Broussard to Northwest Florida. Uh, Chance Shelby going to uh, LSU Shreveport for fishing. Um, see Carson Jones uh, ULM uh, for for football. Long snapper TJ McGee for football to Davidson. Luke Yadarga to Arkansas State for football. And Dawson Curtin for baseball to Northwest Florida. So he and uh, Reed are going to be teammates in college as well. Oh, so very cool. With Dawson, Dawson was a really cool deal. Uh, he literally got signing day was yesterday. He literally went down, uh, went through some pitching, uh, and got offered the day before signing day by Northwest Florida. So it, it's kind of a – he originally wasn't on there. And then uh, uh, Coach Gassard sent out a tweet in the morning, and I said, oh, they added one. So, uh, But it, it's literally been a whirlwind for him to get here. So – uh, one of those bag stories that you, you, you kind of find out as you go, you know. Um, and I'm flipping through my notes, so if you hear something, that's what I'm trying to do to find out who's a lot. Like I said, a lot of lot of guys, guys and girls going everywhere. Uh, for Denham Springs for football, uh, Zane Hooper to Mississippi College, uh, Mason Edwards to Hutchinson Community College, Ethan Foster to Sterling College. Uh, in baseball, Larson Farb to Southeastern, 
Connor Rodrigue to Wharton Community Junior College, Connor Alfonso to Centenary, and in track and field cross country, Hannah Linebaugh to Southeastern. We just find out about a swimming signing, I think. Yes, right, yes. Right we, before we, <laughs> we, we came on here. We did. This we, is for Denham Springs. Yeah, we got a text from Ms. Margot May, who is the coach of the swim team here at Denham Springs High School. Uh, we believe she was under the weather yesterday or, or was predisposed, but Miss Laney Wilt uh, will be signing. Uh, it doesn't say where, uh, but Miss Margot was actually asking if uh, Miss Laney was the first female swimmer to sign anywhere. We're going to be looking into that, but our initial thoughts are yes. Uh, we haven't heard anybody in recent history, right? Just in my time, I don't. Nobody just stands out, and I could be. Look, if if we're incorrect, please let us know, and we'll uh, we will definitely make sure we, oh, get that, we get that correct and we'll give we'll give that person a shout out because absolutely it, it, it has clearly been a minute since we've had yes. a female swimming uh yes signee but again that's miss laney wilt out of denham springs she'll be signing in the coming days again uh was a little under the weather or predisposed and couldn't make national signing day so uh, anybody else to wrap out, wrap up the day? From uh, from the bigger schools, I reached out to some of the smaller schools. Of course, they've had some some signings in between here and there. Uh, some ba- baseball for for Springfield, and uh, I think uh, Prince Edmund had some softball. But I reached out to them, and uh, and nobody yesterday. Uh, that doesn't mean that people can't sign later on. Sure. So just uh, y- y- you guys know if if you just let me know, uh, I, I make every effort to be out there, and it's all about the kids, man. Right, and you can find Rob on Twitter uh, or email him, rob at lpn1898.com. We're going to come back to him in a minute. We're going to jump over to David James underscore Gray. Uh, going to be talking about another award, uh, this one for a person some of y'all out there may have heard of. His name is Willie Graves. He's the former sheriff here in Livingston Parish. He's going to be receiving um, the Bob Easterly Award for Economic Development. So. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Mr. Graves and why he's receiving this honor, David Gray. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I started with the paper in 2017. So the only sheriff I've known is uh, Sheriff Jason Ord. But apparently for a long time before that, it was a Graves. It was either Odom Graves or his son, uh, Willie Graves, who's receiving this award. And uh, what was really cool about talking to Willie Graves is, well, the reason why he's getting this award is because one of the things that really, I guess, made Livingston Parish a desirable place to live, you know, over the last you know twenty to thirty years when the population here really exploded, was two things: the school system and the low crime rate. And the person in charge of that low crime rate would be Willie Graves, who he became sheriff in nineteen ninety six, retired in two thousand twelve, and really under uh, his watch, the the sheriff's office became more became more modern it went from being this sort of rural law enforcement agency to uh, you know incorporating more technology more training more divisions uh i didn't realize it was only in 2006 or 7 he said when the sheriff's office got his first helicopter uh so i mean you think about that's less than 20 years ago to get your first helicopter for a parish that has you know well at that time you know well over a hundred thousand people so it shows that you know that the change in that department wasn't that long ago and he was the one who oversaw a lot of that so but uh he you know i talked with him for like uh, an hour and a half one day you know just and it was really nice man and uh just kind of hearing some of the stories he had to say about uh his time in the sheriff's office some of the things he did the only thing i knew of him was that he started the christmas crusade which we all know 
that now is one of the most uh, recognizable things that the sheriff's office does every year. But they also had a kids fishing rodeo that turned into a kids fun day that one year had like 14,000 people there, which is more than, you know, the fair would draw. Uh, the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Band apparently was a thing. I had never heard of that, but apparently that was a very big, popular band. He told me in some years they did 100 shows in a year, which, I mean, think about it. It's almost one every four days. I mean, just, you know, a lot, on top of your regular duties of, you know, being a sheriff's deputy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so so he's he's receiving that award for his hand in making Livingston Parish what it became. And also, you know, he was part of the, one of the voices, uh, leading voices in getting Bass Pro to Denham Springs, which I mean, we all know that has become that has become a huge economic engine for the parish. So, um, so yeah, I mean, a really deserving uh, nominee for for this award. I mean, they all are, but I mean, uh, Willie Graves really sort of uh, carved his own niche in terms of uh, the ec economic impact that he had. Sure, and uh, that meeting will be next week. Correct, uh, next uh, Thursday. Uh, uh, what is that? February tenth. That's right. At Forest go. Grove Plantation. Deadline the RSVP is February eighth. That would be Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, speaking about, <laughs> um, I guess you could say health, safety, and welfare. There was yeah. a situation at Walker High School. Um, yeah, it was kind of yeah. It, it it's sort of one of these things that started with something and then sort of uh, I believe a picture uh, and then grew from there. So uh, give us a little bit of background on that. Well, there were uh, last week, uh, and today is February third. So this was last week. Uh, I, I forget the dates, but the end of January, there was a message found in one of the bathrooms at Walker High, um, uh, basically, uh, basically insinuating that on Thursday there was going to be a what, what day was that? Thursday, January twenty seventh, I believe. Uh, that there was going to be a uh, a school shooting. I guess you could say. Um, that that picture actually, uh, I didn't receive the picture, but uh, WBRZ uh, received the picture and they shared it on their uh, website. But yeah, basically there was uh, someone who wrote a message on the wall insinuating that there was going to be a school shooting that day. So uh, as they you know typically do, school officials you know they 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 talk to the uh, local law enforcement, sheriff's office, Walker PD. They had police officers and deputies there. I mean, pretty much all day. Uh, and then it got a little crazier during the day when there was uh, people started saying that they were hearing gunshots and it was maintenance people working uh, on the HVAC system. And uh, I was at school that day and uh, Mr. St. Pierre was just like, I mean, the odds of this day, the day that they're working on this system, the day that everyone's on edge about hearing, you know, gunshots. And then, you know, people think they hear that. And then, you know, of course, it ends up being nothing. But ultimately, they, uh, sheriff's office found no credible threat those are their words that they used to say they couldn't find anything that made the threat real but like like you said they always take these situations seriously whenever it happens because you never know if it is going to be real or not so um so yeah that would that just kind of led to a crazy day i heard from uh some people who work there that as many as a uh, thousand kids checked out of school that day because you know parents are worried uh, understandably worried when you hear something like that happening but ultimately it ended up being nothing thankfully so um so yeah crisis averted that day yeah yeah uh thankfully it was nothing you know uh, i know some people had a good laugh about it after but you know when you're in the middle of something like that it, it's it's a little terrifying so good that it wasn't a bigger problem 
Uh, we're going to come back to you. Going to go back over to Rob for just a second because, uh, oh, excuse me, back pop. Because uh, we're gonna, we've got two other things to talk about. We have uh, soccer, but I want to stay with the Walker High vein for a second and talk about the Walker High softball team stepping up and and saving a couple of animals. So tell us about what happened. This was a Friday Friday evening. I'm walking out to go cover my games and I just made one last you know little pitch to Facebook on my phone walking out the door and uh, Walker softball had, had posted some photos and the first one you see is a, a player walking by and there's black smoke rising up from from behind the house uh, so you start reading it and basically what they were able to do is if you've been to the facility there on campus there's about three houses right in a row right near the softball field. Uh, so they go out to practice that day, and uh, they kind of notice there's there's a house there with some dogs, and, and I wound up calling Coach Westmoreland. The first question is, so how'd practice go today? So uh, they go out, they're doing their thing, and, and they notice some smoke coming from the house. They can, She said they kind of get used to the dogs being there because they're, they're always there, but she said the tone of their barking was a little distressed you know, if you will, they start doing their drills. And she said, her third baseman looks over and goes, coach, I, I think the dogs are on fire. And so she said, she's a jokester. So they just kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Went for a couple more minutes and she said, no coach, I think the dogs are on fire. And she said, by this time, practice just kind of descended to all of the girls just started running for the fences and, you know, jumping fences. They're able to get inside, and uh, they're able to save these dogs. Uh, and she said at one point, they're, they're literally standing in the black smoke. So she said, I have to get – you guys go over there away from the house. You guys get away. Because at that point, they just didn't know what was going on. They were able to save the, the dogs. Um, and from what uh, – you know, she said that they were kind of on a mission. We're, we're going to go We're gonna go save these dogs. And uh, from what they gather is uh, – the the dog pen was had a tarp over the top of it and there was some heating lamps on top of those or or above those and somehow some kind of way one of those lamps fell onto the tarp tarp fell into the pit and caught fire so uh there wasn't they said there wasn't much room for the, those dogs to move and it's just, it just one of those things you know if she said if we're not out there practicing you you, you know it certainly could have been much worse and it's just one of those things where um, you know, I, I said, as a coach, you, you got to be proud because th this has nothing to do with softball. And she said, no, they're, they're just, they're good human beings. And this is what we're, she said, what we're doing is working. This just shows that it's more, it's not just about softball. You know, you can be the greatest softball player ever, but if you're not a good person, then, you know, that, that really doesn't matter. And so they're building, you know, as she said, it just goes to show that we're building the, the, the complete person instead of j just an athlete. Sure. Sure. And yeah, I mean, a very incredible story that, I mean, they just dropped everything. You yeah. Know, they, it's just, they didn't wait for directions I, or anything I said, like that. We're you know, going to save these dogs. I said, what's going through your mind, you know, at that point when, cause she said, you really don't know, but it's like, she said, I have a team full of jokesters. So when you see them all start running, you're going, I know y'all aren't leaving my field, but then when you realize what happened, it's like, Oh, okay. You know, this is, we're doing the right thing here. Right. Right. So, uh, incredible story. You can read all about the details, uh, online and in print. Uh, at www.livesyparishnews.com. And, of course, the paper comes out every Thursday. 
Going to jump back. Oh, we're going to have one more jump back and forth here, but we're going to jump back over to David real quick. Want to talk about the Spring Park buyout program real quick to connect that into uh, some of the things that have been going on inside the city limits of Denham Springs. We did a podcast with Mayor Gerard Landry, uh, so you don't have to you don't have to linger on it too much, but just kind of give us uh, the four one one on what's going on there. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, he Mayor Landry came and uh, visited with you because they're really trying to push this program for people who live in the Spring Park subdivision to um, at least, I guess, uh, just in inquire about what their options are. Uh, back there, that's an area that uh, regularly floods and, you know, property values there aren't going to go up anytime soon. And for a lot of people, uh, you know, I spoke with Mr. Gerard after this and then uh, Rick Foster, the building official, and, you know, they both said there is not a there's not a program that's going to be better than this program, or they don't foresee one being better than this program for uh, for people to get as much money as they can for their, you know, uh, for these homes, or these flood-prone homes, to get as much money as they can to move out of a flood zone. So that's kind of, that, that was really his message, uh, you know, just trying to stress that again. Like I said, we wrote the story back in uh, October, November it was, whenever it was first introduced, and now that they are actually accepting uh, applications for priority zone one and the deadline for those is uh february 25th and then you know uh denim springs was able to get 10 million dollars as part of the louisiana watershed initiative for this program it was one of only seven cities in the state chosen for this because uh the you know state officials they see the need there and especially in that like i said that spring park subdivision area that just you know regular floods have flooded you know badly in 2016 so uh just like i said another way to to be able to get this uh to be able to get rid of that property that you know is going to keep flooding while also getting some money for it so and you know the hope is to turn it into green space and then it could be used as something you know the going back to the denim strong uh programs you know talking about creating a bicycle path or more park space i mean stuff that can hold floodwaters but also serve uh have a community purpose as well again yeah and they call it a managed retreat yes so it's uh it's a very interesting prospect uh please please be on the lookout for that uh it's uh it, it's a cool program but i know you know for a lot of people that's home and it, it's a hard decision to make uh but they are trying to get people out of flood hazard areas anything else you got going on david uh, there was a uh, pretty fun uh, event that happened at Holden High uh, last week. It was uh, the running the court basketball game. It was uh, it was uh, an inclusive basketball game for special needs athletes from Holden and Doyle. Uh, Yancey Wilmot, is that how you say his last Wilmot. name? Well, yeah, there you go. He's uh, an adapted PE coach. Him and his wife Carly uh, in Livingston Parish, both adapted PE coaches, and they you know they had this idea just to create this sort of. Uh, like I said, inclusive night for special needs athletes. And then they thought about, then they uh, reached out to Holden High and Holden High's basketball coach, Landon Dubois. There you go. He's also, um, he's a special needs, uh, special education teacher. Right. So uh, they, you know, they planned this. It was the second half of a JV game on uh, January 24th, I believe. And uh, yeah, it was just, just, it was just a fun night. I mean, I don't think there was one person who was there that was upset after watching that game because these these uh these athletes never really get a chance to to show off their to show off what they can do in front of you know people beyond their parents or close family. I mean, this was in front of a few hundred people. 
they were introduced. You know, you had their uh, fellow students that were that had two lines stretching, uh, stretching across the court, and they're running in between, being introduced like like it was an NBA game. I mean, it was just just a fun night. I think everyone, you know, was cheering. I mean, there was one kid who kept trying to dunk the whole night, and he broke the rim for a minute. I mean, just just a fun night. And uh, one kid was spinning the whole time. I, I remember thinking, like, how is he not throwing up? I mean, this kid literally spun for 30 minutes straight like in place it was just you know it was just a fun it was a fun night you know um so i was glad i went to that but uh, yeah we have a whole photo gallery from that uh, it's the feature of this week's lifestyle section so uh yeah please check it out and support these athletes well thank you sir we are going to bounce back over to rob real quick to try to wrap it up uh talking about soccer playoffs we have uh, first round scores that came in through over the last two days correct? uh yeah here's a, uh, all six teams made it uh that played soccer in the parish all six teams so uh, uh we've got two left uh, i'll run through real quick uh, on the girls side uh ce bird four walker nothing uh captain shreve three denim springs nothing Last night, I went to uh, Live Oak in Hanville, had a flurry of goals. They scored pretty much all the goals, probably within a span of five minutes in the first half. Uh, and uh, Hanville wins 3-1 to one in that one. Uh, on the boys' side, Brother Martin 9, Walker 1, uh, which leaves us with Denham and Live Oak are the two left. Uh, Denham Springs beat Hanville 6 to nothing in the first round. Uh, Live Oak beat uh, West Washington 2-1 to one in the first round. Live Oak is going to be going to Neville uh, Friday at 6.30, and Denham Springs is going to be going to Santa Mall 5 o'clock Saturday. Uh, there is history here. Um, Neville knocked out Live Oak last year, uh, and they also lost to them, I believe, 2-1 to one, uh, less than two weeks ago. Um, Denham Springs has a 2-0 loss to Santa Mall early in the season. I believe it was second match of the season, so uh, you can imagine second match of the season. Some things has changed, probably changed for both of those teams by now. So, um, but that's we got two teams teams alive in the, in the soccer playoffs and uh, uh, looking to get themselves to Hammond for the state tournament. Well, there you have it, and I, you know, soccer becoming more uh, bigger and bigger every year. Uh, I saw some chatter on Twitter this morning. Uh, people looking for a favorite uh, for the soccer playoffs, and in that, that division, Denim is a favorite. A lot of people brought up Denim. Uh, so they must have grown quite a bit during the season. the the road The road to get there is just it's so tough. I'm gonna I'm I'm actually gonna call Coach uh, Miller here as soon as we get through talking here, and we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the, you know the road ahead. Uh, I I know for for them he's looking for them to. He said at this point we have to play you know pretty much a perfect match uh, every time we go out, and that's uh you know six six goals. That's what I told him. You're gonna see six nothing, and he said we. We had a couple we probably could we probably couldn't back put put in the back of the net while we were going. So as he's he's still looking for he said it's playoffs and you need to play perfect right now. So sure. So please remember to follow Rob on Twitter. Keep an eye on that playoff action as we move forward with two teams left and uh just a few weeks left of basketball as well before we get in uh what? getting 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 down to time, man. Yep. Getting close, getting close. So uh Remember to follow Rob on Twitter, and of course we post everything on Facebook, uh, but we'll get to those in just a second. Uh, thank you both, gentlemen, for joining us. We're going to let you introduce yourselves, and this time we're going to start on the viewers' left. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond, sports editor at the Living Spirits News. 
And this is David Gray, lifestyle editor, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. We appreciate you guys joining us for this usual weekly show of group therapy. We did come out on Thursday because we, National Signing Day yesterday, we moved our normal meeting time to today. Uh, so we appreciate your patience. We appreciate you joining us. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. Also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We do hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.